You're listening to a sermon from the Langley Canadian Reformed Church. We hope you'll find it to be spiritually edifying. Our scripture reading as well as our text this morning comes from Psalm 131. Notice, please, it's a song of ascents and it's of David, it says. My heart is not proud, O Lord. My eyes are not haughty. I do not concern myself with great matters or things too wonderful for me. But I have stilled and quieted my soul like a weaned child with its mother. Like a weaned child is my soul within me. O Israel, put your hope in the Lord, both now and forevermore. Beloved congregation of our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ, Psalm 131 is kind of an obscure psalm, very short, easily missed and skipped over. And even when we do look at Psalm 131 for a moment, we often wonder, what's it all about? It's kind of curious in several ways. It's different from a lot of the other psalms that you find in the Psalter. Well, you can say, and I think you need to tie these two things together, you can say that this psalm, in a sense, is about all altitude and attitude. Two fundamental things. First of all, notice it's a song of ascents. It's one of those psalms that the children of Israel used to sing when they went up to Jerusalem for the annual festivals, the great festivals of the year. They would sing these psalms from 120 to 134 and so forth, and they would use them to comfort and assure one another as they went up, up, to Jerusalem, up to the temple. And notice, these are songs of ascent, not descent. We're not talking about children of Israel coming away from the temple, but going to the temple. And if you've been to Israel, you know that when you go to Jerusalem, you're always going up, 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 until finally you reach your destination in Zion. So this is a psalm about going up, a psalm about altitude, And you can say that, in a sense, this particular psalm in that whole thing also describes what happens to us today. If you read the scriptures very carefully, you will be reminded time and time again that not only are we to lift our eyes up on high, but also our lives are, as it were, ascending up to God and to his throne. Together, we are a people who are going somewhere. We're not standing still, we're not treading water, and hopefully we're not backsliding, but we're going forward and we're going up to God's presence and one day to be together with all of God's people. So that's what's happening to us. Well, as that's happening, the question arises, what kind of an attitude should we adopt as we go up to God? What kind of an attitude should the Israelites have adopted long ago as they went up to Jerusalem and to the temple and to the festivals? Well, notice David in this very short psalm, Psalm 131, talks a lot about attitude. 
And he says that our attitude as believers really involves three things. And the first thing is very obviously humility. My heart is not proud, O Lord. My eyes are not haughty. I do not concern myself with great matters or things too wonderful for me. You can say that's a picture of a humble person. At the same time, it's kind of a curious picture because, in a sense, it almost sounds like a boast. My heart is not proud. But at the same time, notice, it's a boast to God. My heart is not proud, O Lord. And, of course, that's kind of different, isn't it? It's one thing to say to somebody else whom you know, well, I'm not proud. But to say that to God, who is the great searcher of hearts, and who knows everything, and who knows whether or not we're boasting, or being conceited, or truthful, is something else. David says, my heart is not proud, my eyes are not haughty. And you know, that's a very necessary thing. It's necessary if you want to live with God on a daily basis. One of the things that God hates are inflated, puffed up, conceited hearts. You meet that time and time again in the scriptures. You meet it, for example, in the connection with King Uzziah and King Hezekiah. And unfortunately there, all the translations obscure the fact that literally it says that before they had their downfall, something happened. And what happened was their hearts were high. They were full of themselves. And that wasn't pleasing to God. What God wants is humble hearts. What he wants is gospel hearts, hearts open to the proclamation of forgiveness and grace. And so, beloved, one of the first things that we need to ask ourselves this morning, and of course we need to ask it every day, but we also should ask it in connection with the Lord's Supper, is how is your heart? What kind of condition is it in? Inflated? Deflated or humble. You know, there are probably people who go to the supper of the Lord and who say to themselves, I deserve this. I earned this. This is my right. But beware. That's not what God wants to hear. What God wants to hear is things like, I don't believe. I can't believe that, that this is happening to me. I can barely comprehend that Jesus Christ would die for someone like me. That I'm able to partake of the bread and the wine symbolizing his body and blood. Wonder of wonders. That God is so good to the likes of me. That he's raised me up so high. So the first thing, beloved, is a a humble heart. A heart that looks to God for everything needful in this life and the life to come. The second thing is a contented heart. Notice Psalm 
131 stands a two, but I have stilled and quieted my soul like a weaned child with its mother, like a weaned child is my soul within me. You know, an unweaned child or a child that is in the process of being weaned is often a rather restless, noisy, demanding, assertive kind of child, especially when their bellies start to rumble a bit. They're always saying, I want to eat now. On the other hand, a weaned child is usually the picture of contentment and of peace and a quiet confidence. It's as if that kind of a child says, I, I know I'm going to get what I need when I need it. And David says that too should be the picture of a believer in relationship to his God and Father. There should always be this awareness, this conviction that God knows what I need and God will give me what I need and he will do that in all the circumstances and situations of this life. Not just in good days, but also in bad days. Not only in days of health, but also in days of sickness. There needs to be in the people of God this firm confidence and trust. That God will quiet my soul. That God will take care of me. That God has goodness and loving kindness in store for me. Therefore, I don't have to fret and worry and despair like the rest of humanity, especially when the going of life gets tough. And you know, beloved, also in that connection, the Lord's Supper is a help. Because really, this sacrament of the Lord's Supper is and should be for us a constant reminder that, that God is there for us with his grace and forgiveness, his care and his provision. When you eat the bread, when you drink the wine, that's really God's way of saying, see, I'm taking care of you every day in all of life's circumstances and especially in his valleys and its difficult days. I'm taking care of you. I'm providing for you. And that, of course, in turn allows us to confess, well, no matter what happens to me, I know that my God is there for me. He'll quiet, he'll still my soul, he'll give me what I need for this life and the greater life to come. So, beloved, there has to be not only this humility as we go up, as we travel, there also should be this contentedness. And finally, notice one more thing, hope. Verse 3, O Israel, put your hope in the Lord both now and forevermore. You know, hope, that's one of those qualities that none of us can live without. If you don't have hope, you don't have a life. 
If you don't have something to look forward to, some expectation, some awareness that greater things are coming and going to happen, then what's the nature of your life? It'll be in the doldrums every day. My beloved, we have hope. The gospel of Jesus Christ is full of hope. We know we're going somewhere, and not just anywhere, but we're going somewhere wonderful. We're going to God, to his city, not to the old Jerusalem, to the new Jerusalem, not to the old Zion, but to the new Zion. We're going to the great reunion and celebration of all of God's people. We have everything to look forward to. A whole future filled with glory ahead of us. And as we go there, and in the interim, we never travel alone. The Spirit comes and lives in us, and the Spirit prays for us, and instructs us, and helps us, and sustains us. And of course we have a Savior. A Savior who's gone before us. A Savior who's cleared the way, removed all the obstacles and all the roadblocks and all the hindrances. Sin has been removed. Wrath has been dispersed. Judgment has been arrested. Salvation established. Righteousness obtained. Eternity won. And beloved, also of these things, the Lord's Supper is a reminder. We're eating and drinking today. But this eating and drinking on our part is a preview of even better bread and better wine and better celebration and better company and greater glory in faith, through faith, by faith. We march up to God. We travel the road of a sense. And so, beloved, remember three things as you travel, as you go forward in this life. Humility, contentment, and hope. Those are the three things you need to concentrate on, you need to pray for, you need to work at. And may they describe each and every one of our lives. May that be our agenda as we move forward and as we move up to God. Amen. This has been a sermon from the Langley Canadian Reformed Church. For more information, please visit us on the web at www.langleycanrc.org.